0: Ravi Zacharias, Christian apologist and international speaker, has passed away this week, May 19th, at the age of 74. If you don't know who this man is, then you're in luck because this episode is all about honoring his life and sharing with you four ways that he has impacted me and ways he's responsible for this show. Friends, welcome to episode number 60 of the Better Bible Reading Podcast. Kevin Morris here, your host, and I'm very pleased to be alongside you for another episode. As I said in the little intro there, Robbie Zacharias, who is a Christian apologist and was known worldwide, uh, passed away at the age of 74 with his uh, short but pretty severe battle with cancer. And uh I've just seen on Facebook and different news media outlets the overwhelming uh, condolences to his family and support for him as his health was kind of made more publicly known in uh, the last few weeks of his life, people all around the world praying for him and things of that nature. and so uh chances are if you do have a circle of friends who are Christians and who are at least somewhat Uh, privy to uh, the different things going on in the Christian world, so to speak, uh, then I'm sure that you've been made aware of this in in some way. Um, But this man uh, was really somebody that I'm greatly indebted to, and I say that as somebody who has actually never personally met Ravi Zacharias before, and it's become increasingly… uh, the case for me, it seems like in these past few years, there have really been giants of the Christian faith who have gone home to be with the Lord, and of course, this has happened and will continue to happen until the Lord returns. But it seems like it's really happened in a concentrated way these last uh, several years, and of course, this the latest uh, addition to that demographic is is Ravi who. Uh, Lived certainly a full life, a widespread life involved in so many different things, um, and really lived his life to the fullest um, in any way that you could analyze it uh, with all the social media and internet access and all those kind of things. This was certainly somebody who was on fire for the Lord and sought to make his life really meaningful and impactful. To everybody that he came into contact with, even up to the last uh, several days um, of his life, it was reported by various members of his family that he spent that time primarily witnessing to and sharing Jesus to the nurses who were taking care of him so tremendous testimony and uh, really something that we all should wish could be said about us at the end of our lives. I would hope, and so what I wanted to do today um. I'm not a a history expert on Ravi. I haven't read every single one of his books. You can certainly go online for a good biography of uh, kind of who he is and where he came from and all those kind of things. To start with, here's just a really simple overview of Ravi's life. Again, this isn't going to be a full biography, uh, but just some key points to take away If, if you're new to him, if you've never heard about him. So he was born in March of 1946. As I mentioned, he was 74 years old when he passed away. Uh, many people knew him as an author. He wrote over 30 books, and the main flavor of his books um, was really apologetic in nature. And uh, that may be a new word to you, um, Christian apologetics. What it is, is it is the defense of the faith. Um, Apologetics is a really important element of Christianity. Sadly, it's it's not really one that's practiced uh, widespread. You hear it a lot of times um, as kind of a kind of science approach to Christianity or an evidence approach to Christianity. Which um, a lot of people kind of jump onto that, like the probability that Christianity is right. Those kind of things. Uh, That's not necessarily what I'm talking about. I'm talking about in in the realm of logic, in the realm of philosophy, being able to interact with the big ideas and make a compelling case for Christianity, a well-informed one. And uh, that was certainly uh, Ravi's forte. I think anybody who's ever read anything he's written or heard him speak would certainly um, kind of tip their hats to his uh, incredible ability to be able to defend the faith defend christianity and and give a logical compelling and rational defense of why he's a christian why jesus is the only way and um, one of his kind of main uh radio programs kind of the um the one that everybody is probably familiar with that that is familiar with Robbie, is let my people think and uh, that certainly does touch uh the the heartbeat of his uh, evangelism as, um, as a Christian, um, traveling the world and spreading Christianity and answering key questions that people have. Uh, he did go to seminary, um, he graduated with a Master of Divinity, um, and interestingly enough, he has never formally gone, uh, Gone on to get his doctorate, his PhD, but he has been given over ten honorary doctorates by various institutions all around the world, um, which is pretty pretty impressive, right? It it really speaks to the breadth of his uh, of his knowledge, of his um, academic ability, and the fact that he has so many people all around the world that really understand um, that God used this man in a very significant way um was born in india and uh, later went to uh, canada and b- that by the end of his life he was um, a resident in atlanta georgia and so um those are kind of the three main places that he lived but that says nothing of the dozens and dozens and dozens of countries that he has traveled to year after year just a just a ferocious ability to go Literally to the ends of the earth. I think this uh, really encapsulates his um, his life. So the thing about Ravi is that he has preached, that he has taught, um, but it's really hard to nail down kind of what venue of of Christian ministry um, he would really be fit into the best way. Uh, Because as I mentioned, he was he was an author. He was a uh, radio program host I mean just all all around the map he he kind of had his hand in in just about everything you could think of he um cared for orphans i mean just you name it, and he has done it so it's pretty uh just remarkable to think about that. but when I think about myself, when I think about the way that I have been uh influenced by him, it's interesting. Um, that you could list a name, you could just list millions of ways that this person impacted your life or this person came into your life and just the difference that that made. And when I think about Ravi, what's interesting is that I don't have like this book that somebody gave me one day from him or that I went to a conference one day and, and saw him and met him or anything like that. It was actually YouTube. Of all places, I literally just stumbled upon him one time uh, on YouTube and I will almost you know never forget that moment um, even if I forget the actual um talk that he was doing in the video I was watching I'll just never forget my exposure to to Ravi and so one of the first takeaways from his life that has really impacted me is number 1 people with answers are out there. And that is such an important takeaway because, as you well know, we live in an age that is increasingly hostile to Christianity. We're in a battle of the mind, we're in a battle for ideas. You think about public policy, you think about nation against nation, you think about just local affairs, national affairs, international affairs, The the big ideas are front and center, and, and that is a huge issue that we as Christians and we as Bible readers have to kind of sort out in our own minds one way or another. And I mentioned that moment of exposure to Ravi on YouTube. The reason I do that is because when I first found him, I was a teenager of only a couple years. And I was going through one of those crisis moments in my life, and you, you can list all the different ones that occur, right? You have the times where you, as somebody that's grown up in church, as I did, and knew the gospel as I did, that you hear all of these kind of truth claims, and you kind of take a step back and you start to ask, what is it, what is it that I actually... Believe, And you kind of become a skeptic, even if it's not a hostile skeptic, you actually become somewhat of a skeptic. And it only takes one moment of sorrow in your family, maybe a loved one passes away, maybe you lose your job, maybe you lose your house, maybe something just catastrophic in your life happens that kind of sets you on alert. You have that crisis moment, and you start to think or second-guess all of your foundations. You're, you're doing it maybe in a way that you're not even doing subconsciously, but it's just a matter of principle that most of us, maybe not all of us, but most of us have some sort of crisis moment, and we we have to figure out what to do with that. I was in the middle of that in in my life at that time. There was something that had happened in my family, and it really caused me to step back. There's a lot of shift in kind of the norms, and to make matters worse, I, I was finding that a lot of my big questions I had weren't able to be answered by the people that I was asking them to, and that included those that were in my kind of Christian circle, right, my my church context, and I just found myself kind of sympathizing with the atheists, or sympathizing at least with those who would claim to be agnostic, and, and thinking, wow, it's really baffling to me that I'm actually starting to think for myself, and I don't think that people have the answers I'm looking for, and maybe this whole thing that I've been involved with my whole life wasn't true. Maybe I'm just Christian, or maybe I'm just sympathetic to church because that's what I've always known. But now that I'm thinking for myself, then I'm finding out that that's actually not legitimate. Well, once I started actually going around and thinking that way, I remember I had a lot of those kind of mental checks in place, and I was, you know, thinking about what would be the outcome or what would be the consequences of saying, Maybe it's not all true. Maybe only some of it's true, or maybe Christianity has the wrong spin on things. And I remember when I was thinking that way, I was regularly praying to God and just saying, you know, out of a sincere attitude to want to be right, to want to have things understood correctly, just, you know, Lord, show yourself to me. Lord, help me along the right path. Help me to understand um, what it is that I actually believe if if you're real, if what I've heard my whole life, the gospel the the good news of jesus christ is is true then then help me sort through all of these kind of difficulties that I'm having mentally, these big questions that nobody seems to be able to answer and one of the ways that the Lord answered that prayer was by the um, by the platform of YouTube, because it was on YouTube that I became exposed to Ravi Zacharias, and I remember the first time I heard him, I came away with the conclusion, people with answers are out there. And I remember I was just blown away in that very same video, the very first one I ever watched, there was a lot of those looming questions, even the ones that I'd kind of forgotten about were, were tucked away in the back of my mind. He was answering those, and I was just blown away because in in my very selected um, Christian circle that that I had grown up in, I just literally didn't know that there were people out there that could answer the big questions. You know, the questions that you may have, and when you've asked people about them, asked people to help you sort through them, how to reconcile this with what the Bible says, then the answer that I would get regularly was, in my mind, it was a cop-out because the answer was something to the degree of, well, we don't have all the answers and you just got to have faith. And while I don't think that anybody was being disingenuous when they gave me that answer, I don't think that they just hoped that I went away because they couldn't answer anything for me. I think that was really in in their training and their own exposure throughout their lives that was the best answer they had ever heard. It was kind of a well we can't expect to have all the answers in this life. We can't expect to figure out the mind of God. But then the conclusion is kind of so therefore we shouldn't try any form of trying is in some ways an attitude of Being a villain or being combative towards the Lord. And I just wasn't ever satisfied with that kind of thinking. I certainly don't think that we're going to be able to have all the answers in this life. I don't think we're going to be able to comprehend God and figure out his every next move or anything like that. But to me, there were genuine questions that I had questions of evil, questions of understanding why the world is trending in a way um sexually or training in a way morally and what the bible has to say about it and just trying to deal with those issues trying to reconcile the world in which we live and the bible which we have in front of us and i just couldn't find anybody that was able to answer those questions so i came to the conclusion christianity must be a pretty weak religion and i don't know if i'm on board with that and again it was not shortly after, I I found myself thinking that way, that I was introduced kind of in a loving rebuke by the Lord of Ravi Zacharias. And really, he was even somebody that led me to the further exploration that there were all kinds of people who did have answers. Didn't have every answer there ever could be, but they had answers. They had a compelling case, and they were very well informed and they knew their bible's most importantly and that was a huge kind of eye-opening moment it really shifted the trajectory of my entire life and i was just made aware that there is more out there number 1 in terms of people that have answers but also it kind of knocked me down a couple of rungs on the kind of pride ladder because i realized there were people out there who were asking questions way before I did, and in fact, there were people who were answering those questions way before I was ever born, and the same can be said of of Ravi. He's in a long line of Christians that date back all the way to the founding of Christianity, who are answering the big questions. The Bible answers the big questions, we just have to know how to find them and how to understand what's being said. That's one of the pushes that I always have on this podcast about being better Bible readers is that you'd be surprised how many questions that you have have those answers right there in the Bible that's right in front of you. And we just don't know where to look. We don't know how to find them, but they're there. And people like Ravi are giving those answers to us and just being a tremendous help in our Christian life. So that was the first takeaway I had, my first exposure to him is that, well, people that have these answers, they're out there. They really do exist. And um it was just a wonderful time in my life when I came to that realization. The second takeaway from Ravi's life is that Christians can and should be respected by the world. Now, I want to make a caveat with what I'm saying here, because we do know, if we are any sort of a Bible reader—hope you are—that Jesus does tell us the world is going to hate us. And that is certainly true. I'm sure that you have experienced some form of persecution, some uh, form of people being antagonistic towards you simply because you are a Christian. Uh, it could be the world in kind of an out-there sense. It could also be those family members of yours that are not Christians that are especially uh, combative towards you because you are a Christian. But here's the thing, that even though that is true, it is also true. That we can and should live in a way to where the world cannot have anything against us other than false accusations. They, they may have accusations, but there will be no grounds for them. There will be no evidence that they are valid accusations. And that is one of those things that we see even when you look at the qualification for an elder in the Bible, that they're supposed to be well thought of by outsiders, by those who are not Christians, but in other words, be well thought of by those in the world. So there is a kind of special balance that we're supposed to have. Yes, it's true that in one sense, the world is going to hate us, is going to persecute us, because we're Christians. In another sense, the world can and should be able to look at us and literally not have a word to say against us because we are authentic, true followers of Christ. And I can say, as I analyze the life of Ravi Zacharias, that he was that person. He was that person that was well-respected by the entire world. I'm not going to say there's never been anybody who's had a bad thing to say about him or something like that, but it's amazing when you look at this man who, again— traveled to country after country. I mean, he was heavily involved in in Asia, heavily involved in Europe, just all over the map, and not to mention North America. And what is fascinating um, with Ravi's life is that, especially during his later years, when he was uh, struggling in his health, and it came out that he did, in fact, have cancer, and it was a cancer that could not be cured even after surgery, During that whole time, there was people all over the world who were offering up condolences and prayers for him, even people who were not Christians. I'm not only talking about people kind of in the working class, right, the people that go to his uh, speaking events or conferences. I'm talking about like world leaders, like at the big international level. These people knew him on a first-name basis. You could just do a Google search for Robbie. You could see him shaking hands with all kinds of people. And it's just amazing to see that he was so well respected. And that's because in his defense of Christianity, he was very careful to do it with and in and through Christian love. His approach to things, his approach to people was so profound. And honestly, it's sad that it was profound. Because what that tells us is that we do not do a good job, uh, Christians in general, of representing Christianity as we should. And normally we try to give ourselves a way out by saying, well, nobody's perfect, I struggle all the time, and those kind of things. But again, let me just point you to one of our many examples, Ravi Zacharias, who was somebody though not perfect, certainly not perfect, was somebody who was able to represent the Christian faith with integrity, and was able to do so um, to the extent that he was well thought of by those not only inside, but especially outside the church, which is a tremendous testimony of his life. We, on the other hand, are apologists whether we believe it or not, because Even though we're not going around to world events, preaching and teaching, we are parading our Christianity, we're defending it, we're doing it either internally in our mind, the way that we interact with people one-on-one, but publicly, think of the one place that Christianity is defended, and think about the place that it goes very badly. Think about the place that the testimony of Christ is really not represented well. Well, it's social media. Think about social media posts. While Ravi Zacharias was out shaking hands with world leaders and having very important conversations about Christ to them, we are loading our social media chamber and firing rounds at each other and certainly not representing Christ in the way that we should because we are worried about representing ourselves and looking good and sounding right and it's just really it's an indictment against us so in some ways this is the part of the episode where we should feel bad about ourselves because when we look at somebody such as as Ravi just really shatters that paradigm that well since we're not perfect we can kind of give ourselves a little bit of slack of being very much less than charitable towards believers and towards the world he certainly didn't live that way he lived with a highly charitable attitude, but he did so without compromising the truth. So that's just a really important takeaway uh, that I want to just call to your attention. Do a little bit of self-evaluation after this episode. Think about the way that you represent Christianity. How is all of that Bible reading paying off in the way that you live? It's a really important question that we all have to ask ourselves. Number three, what I learned through The life of Ravi Zacharias is the other side of the coin of the fact that people with answers are out there. It's this that if you have questions, you're not alone. One of the most important parts of Ravi's life is not that he was out shaking hands with world leaders. Is not that he spoke at all of these national conferences. But it's really In the later years of his life especially, all of those college campus visits, one of the most important parts of all of his lectures and teachings is that at the end, he took questions. And these were primarily not questions from Christians. These were questions by the secular college world. These are people who are very antagonistic to Christianity, would disagree with Christianity's historic stance on sexuality, on matters of abortion, on matters of just public policy and our relationship to the government. I mean, just all across the map, those big contentious issues. These college campuses that Ravi was going to and speaking at, he was interacting with people, asking questions. And again, these questions are coming from people all over the map, but these questions are questions that really need to be answered. E- even like as big as question like, what is truth? I mean, how would you even go about answering that question? But what was so important um, in my takeaway of his interaction with these people is how he did it. Again, he did it with the utmost respect towards people. He didn't shy away from the truth, He didn't compromise the Christian message, but he treated people as people. He treated humans as humans. And I I remember there was one where he uh, spoke to this person uh, about philosophy and interacting with uh, natural um, evolution and all those things, and even at the end of it, he asked the man after Ravi gave the answer to, to the college student, he asked him to come forward and shake his hand and he wanted to talk to him after they were done and get to know him a little bit more, just stuff that you don't primarily see, right? Just things that should be happening much more often, and hopefully things that we can really learn from the life of Robbie Zacharias that we might implement that. Again, we might not be going around at national conferences or, or to college campuses and kind of public forums and speaking to people to the level that he was. But we're around people every day. And if we can set a precedent of being able to respect the fact that people have questions, that people are actually interested in answers, that people are interested in honest conversation, that is a huge thing. That is a big deal. That is something that we really need to nurture. And we should be nurturing that as Christians. Number four, finally, what I learned from Ravi is that. Christianity is logically consistent, not wishful thinking. You know, most of the people that write off Christianity, I think about kind of the extreme examples of like somebody like a Bill Maher or or people like those late night talk show people that are very, very antagonistic towards Christians and towards belief in God and those kind of things that one of the ways that they attack Christianity is they attack they attack the intellectual integrity of Christianity. Now the Bible doesn't say that we're supposed to roam around like a bunch of scholars. The Bible doesn't say that we're all supposed to have PhDs and be ready and willing to contend with every single worldview that comes about with Laser sharp precision. The the Bible doesn't say that. However, the Bible does say, specifically in 1 Peter, that we are supposed to be ready and willing to give an answer, to give a defense, to give an apologia. That's where that apologetics word and idea comes from, to give a defense of the faith. And we're supposed to do that with love and respect towards others. But what that means is that we have to know both what we believe and why we believe it, and we have to be able to maintain that as all of the competing views in the world come about. We might not be writing a major book or this huge dissertation against this or that, but we should at least be able to kind of mildly interact with things because just as we have our views and have arrived at them through uh, different circumstances and different studies and things like that, we have to also understand that while there are some who are atheists in name and in claim just because their parents are, just because their friends are, there's also others who take on that title because of their own studies. And so what that means is, We need to be aware of the fact that even though there are those out there who attack Christianity by attacking the intellectual integrity of it, that there are others who are attacking Christianity not because they feel that way in terms of intellect, but because they don't understand the actual intellectual claims that we're making. And so we have to ask the question of ourselves, what kind of defense, what kind of framework are we actually presenting to people in the full embodiment of what it is that we believe? Well, one of the ways that we can learn how to do this is by looking to Christian apologists. And again, this episode is all about honoring the life of Robbie Zacharias, so I can't help but think about the way that Ravi Zacharias interacted with the big philosophical ideas. I mean, anything that you could think of, the different philosophical movements back in the 1700s and 1800s, like he deals with the Enlightenment, he deals with the rise of natural evol- evolution and Darwinism, he deals with Frederick Nietzsche's claims that God is dead and everything is meaningless, but then he's also dealing with the more recent moves of modernism in the turn of the 20th century, where we don't need God because we have technology and we have medicine, we have just this innovation, we have the Industrial Revolution, so we don't need God anymore. But also postmodernism, which came about to challenge the very idea of truth. Is truth objective, or is truth just relative? Can I believe what I believe, and you believe what you believe, and we can both be right because we're allowed to believe what we want? I mean, this man, just with this ferocious love for the truth, love for his God, love for Jesus Christ, went to the depths of all of these and interacted with them, gave answers, critiqued the philosophical views that would try to debunk Christianity, and he did so always, number one, with love and charity towards others and respect towards others, but he did so in a compelling, logically consistent way. You couldn't go away listening listening to Ravi Zacharias and say, I feel like he gave a bunch of cop-out answers, I feel like he didn't really deal with the question I feel like he's just trying to escape the um, the danger of not knowing what to say. No, we, we would say the exact opposite by listening to him. I, I've been so impressed over the years by listening to his treatment of these competing worldviews and how he handles them. And again, as a man growing up in India and just very much in just right in the concentrated levels of both pantheism and also Islam. It's just so important to see how he deals with those different views, uh, especially in the different views of God. Um, One of the most important books that, that I've read is his book, Jesus Among Other Gods, and that's exactly what he's doing. He's showing how The truth claims of Jesus, and what the Bible has to say about God, what the Bible has to say about eternal life, how Christianity gives the most compelling answer of that, as we think about the different um, religious views of the world, such as Buddhism, Hinduism, Islam, right? All of those. It's just uh, probably the most significant book that ever I've ever read from him. Uh, But another one is very close behind, and that is the Grand Weaver. And that book is all about how God is intricately working and weaving all of the various aspects of history, even in the midst of a world where sin is a reality, suffering is a reality, and death is a reality. And again, those two books are just have been very um, impactful to me in my life. Um, even as I think about all the videos that I've watched of him, all the messages I've listened to, those two books have definitely been uh, incredibly significant uh, to me. So there are my four takeaways from Robbie's life. I imagine that there's going to be a lot more things like this kind of hitting the internet if, not, uh, if they haven't already. Um, but again, I just wanted to take this episode to um, give honor to whom honor is due. And uh, that is certainly um, many people in my life, but being that we've just uh, experienced um, Ravi passing from this world to being in the presence of the Lord, I thought it was just going to be uh, a perfect time for me to just take an episode uh, to just introduce you to the world of apologetics, that there are people out there who are giving uh, a compelling defense of their faith Ravi was certainly one of them, and if you've never been uh, exposed to him, uh, might I just suggest that you simply type in his name on YouTube and just have fun, because you will go down the rabbit trail for sure. And uh, the way you spell his name, by the way, in case you've uh, never seen it, it's R-A-V-I Ravi Zacharias, Z-A-C-H-A-R-I-A-S. And uh, if you don't want to go on YouTube, if you want to find out uh, more about uh, his ministry and what it's going to look like as he has now passed away, uh, you can go to rzim.org. That's Ravi Zacharias International Ministries. Uh, he, by the way, has a full team of apologists, of of Christian um Philosophers and Christians who are just doing the same things that he's been doing, just a, a massive organization and it's obviously worldwide um, many more people like him, of course he was the founder and the the figurehead and and um, just starting that from nothing. Uh, but the people that he has had alongside him over the years um, have been very important to kind of pay attention to and and learn from so Uh, That's just my encouragement to you, get your feet wet, get involved with um, the world of Christian apologetics, because people do have questions, maybe you're one of them, and my encouragement is that people who know their Bibles have answers, and they're giving a compelling defense of the Christian faith. So thank you for listening to this episode. I really appreciate all of your listening support, and I appreciate the fact that Now we are over the 2000 mark for downloads. And that, by the way, is downloads not only here in my regional states where I know people and they're listening to this because they know me, but it's also from coast to coast in the United States and hitting Australia, France, South and North Africa, different places all around the map. I mean, it's really fascinating to look at these statistics. Of this podcast and just see where those downloads are coming from. I'm really humbled and excited about the fact that people are out there listening to this, uh, where really I just started this from nothing with no idea where it was going to go. And so I have you to thank. If you weren't here to listen to this, it would be a little awkward and it would be probably a waste of my time. So again, just thank you so much for all of your support. Leave me a comment and review on iTunes. If you would please, it would be a great way to help me get this show out to more people. Tell me how I've been impacting your life. I certainly want to even walk in the shadow of somebody like Ravi Zacharias. And if I hear the way that I'm helping you in your life and your journey, your adventure towards better Bible reading, I would be greatly appreciative to hear that. It would be an encouragement to me. And so have a great rest of your day. Thanks again for listening to the Better Bible Reading Podcast.